I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. This old mariner, by the grace of God, allowed to be with you. Uh, by means of radio, I appreciate the listening audience and especially the station that airs these programs here. Our thought at this time is going to come from the book of Romans, Romans chapter 11, verse 36. The book of Romans, Romans chapter 11, verse 36. Uh, we fail to say from time to time, thank you for corresponding with us. I appreciate those who are uh, looking up this www, this O-F-O-M-M dot O-R-G using the keyboard for that. Thank you for uh, sending us some info. And uh, I appreciate especially the telephone calls. We're getting more calls than ever before. Thank you for calling and let us know that you listen to the program here that uh, oh, it's uh, makes its home in the port of Bon Secours, Alabama. You ought to look us up on the uh, up on the well, look up as far as our website is concerned. See exactly where we are. We're the southernmost part of the state of Alabama, right here on Alabama's Gulf Coast. And especially we welcome at this time some of our stations that's all in the areas on the other side of the world. It's good to have you to be with us. The book of Romans, Romans chapter 11, I'm going to read verse 36. Romans 11:36. It says, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Now, I'm sure you heard me use this three-letter word three times here. It says, for of him and through him and to him. And if we'd compare this to some other verses, we could say also, by him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. So you've heard me say many times, as well as other programmers, it's all about him. Who is the him in the passage? Romans eleven thirty six. If you'll read Romans eleven, you'll see all the context has to do with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all about him. So if that's true, what the devil's gonna do is cloud that up, is he not? And uh, he's gonna cloud the waters because he doesn't want for you to find him. He doesn't want you to live for him. He wants to hide this. I guess today the world in general has reduced God to some kind of additive, so to speak. Let me explain what I'm talking about. You know, basically, unless you have atheistic tendencies, most people, as far as God is concerned, sometimes they don't even know who God is, but when there's a reference to God, they think of something good. 
and of course the devil, something evil. So God represents something good. So in your situation, doesn't make any difference what situation we're talking about. If you could add a little God to your situation, if God is good, it would make your situation better. Do you understand what I mean? I'm saying this, though, that God is not an add-on. You don't sprinkle a little God on something and it just come out just right. It says here in my text, of him, through him, and to him are all things. It's all, it's all about God's Son. In fact, what is it, the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 1 on down 16, 17, 18, it says through him, what he wants in all things, he might have the preeminence. So, all right, reducing God to an additive, you see, I don't understand, Brother Mon. Now, you know what an additive is. I guess the first thing I think about, uh, I think about a fuel additive uh, here in the country that I live in. Uh, Chevron produces a additive called, it's called Tecron. It's a fuel additive. You put it in your fuel. Ah, what it'll do if you have a diesel motor, it'll help clean the injectors. If it's gas, uh, clean the carburetor, the in- <laughs> take parts, dissolves, build up, just makes for smoother running. You can take and uh, add, uh, add it to 12 gallons of gas and you got something super there. The same thing is true. We think about all the the cleaning project uh, products. Uh, I learned a long time ago to be careful with bleach. They make a bleach now because you said, "What did you do?" I made some of my clothes turn <laughs> turn to color. Uh, they have a bleach now that has what's called in it color guard. All right, what is it? That is an additive. The same thing is in with food products. You got additives in our foods, artificial sugars and and uh, color uh, food dyes, trans fats, and so forth. So uh, there was a time in the past that I kind of got burnt out on Coke. What did you do, brother Mon? All right, there's what's called today cherry. Coke. What is it? It's an additive. A little dash of cherry. There's vanilla Coke. Now, once again, this mentality has been picked up. The the devil sort of uh, throws it in, you know. Once again, hence God is good. Add him to things. And what it'll do, it'll give purpose and power and prestige. Jesus Christ as an additive. He's a plus in special occasions. But what he wants to be, he doesn't want to help you in your life. He wants to be your life. Do you understand? So as far as basically the world, both we think about uh, the saved and the lost together. Uh, this is something that's been picked up on. We think about sports. In the sports field, all you will have to do to encourage Christians to keep watching or looking or participate, just do something to sort of put a little God, have a word of prayer beforehand. And it seems as if it sort of sanctions and hides all the profanity and the alcohol, and the drugs, the modesty. You know what I'm talking about. It sort of makes it just seem a little better, but it does not. We think about politics. We think about a politician. To have him to like you all he has to do is say so. Uh, one not too long ago on TV, I was listening. They asked him, they said, sir, what is your favorite book 
And he said, my favorite book is the Bible. All right. He immediately, <laughs> uh, professing Christian people jump on board, and they said, that, that, that's good. I'm glad he said that. And I hope that was true. Uh, for this particular person. But so people just sort of use God. Do, do you not understand what I'm talking about? I'll, I'll get a Bible illustration of this just in a moment. And you can sort of use God, put sort of put the Lord in some occasions, some situations, and it just sort of makes the situation a little better. But God and God's Son is not an add-on. I've had people tell me they liked a particular TV program because during that program, at the end or sometime in the beginning, the whole family got together and they had, well, they was together around the table and they said grace. All right. For that being true, no matter whatever happened in that program, all uh, the things that uh, was ill, bad taste, uh, just uh, uh, really, I, I'm trying to be gracious here, just sometimes just filthy humor. You know, it just sort of, if you sprinkle a little God on it, it just sounds better. But I'm here to say, Jesus is not on call to lend men a hand when they need him. He's not an extra plus in your education. He's not an extra plus uh, in your business, your prestige, your personality, you know. He's not, a, he's not like another app on your cell phone. Do, do you understand? When it comes to Bible Christianity, Christianity is a way of life. And it said in the text, for of him and through him and to him are all things. I hope you're understanding. In the Bible, there's a couple of illustrations of this. In the book of John, John chapter 1. Remember what John, cha John chapter 3, I'm sorry, verse 1. There's a man there that comes to Jesus. You remember who's... Who he is by name? Yes, his name is Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus is coming to Jesus. He's not intending to be a follower because he slides in at night. What does he want? Nicodemus comes to Jesus not to be a follower, but what he wants to do is add the teachings of Jesus to what he already has. <laughs> he's a brilliant man. This man, this Nicodemus, he's part of what's called the Sanhedrin court. These are the 70 men that's the recognized headship of the Jewish people, the Supreme Court of Israel. And he's coming to Jesus and he wants to hear what he says so he can take these things and bring them back to these Jews. Maybe things could run a little smoother. You understand? Oh, but Jesus stopped that, did he not? As far as Nicodemus is concerned, once again, I want to be a follower. He just wants to add Jesus to what he already knows. And Jesus put his finger on his heart, and he says, Nick, your problem is that you're born wrong. Whew, that's the wrong thing to say to this man, because if ever there was anybody born right physically, it would be this man, because it was the orthodox of the orthodox. Jews that was there, but he was born wrong. What did Nicodemus need? He needed life. That's why John chapter 3 and verse 16, you know that verse within its context has to do with Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what you need, Nick. You, you don't need just to adopt some of my sayings. In the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10, there's a young man that comes to Jesus, and he, he once again, he didn't intend to follow Jesus. We know that because of what happened. But this young man said to Jesus, he said, uh, good master, he said, uh, what I want to know, I want to know about this eternal life thing. 
Jesus, he just put the law on him. How the young man said, as far as the law and the laws of God is concerned, I've kept them from my youth up. But Jesus, once again, put his finger on the heart of the problem. He said, young man, you take what you got and you sell it, give it to the poor and come follow me. Oh, all this young man wanted was to add this so-called eternal life to what he already had. But see, Jesus is not an add-on. Uh-huh. This man took the, the little bit of God that he wanted was a little too costly, so he walked off. So what are you saying? Jesus does not want to make your life better. He wants to be your life. Can you grasp what I'm saying? In the text, it says, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Also, by him, by him, of him, through him, to him, it's all about him. My friend, we need Jesus Christ, all right? As far as my labor and service, as I've mentioned many times, we think about living for God. It's kind of like uh, the difference between being single and married. There was a time, as far as my life is concerned, I was a single man. I cannot hardly remember what that was so many years ago. And from a single man, I became a married man. And a married man, uh, he just lived different, you know. I didn't use marriage or the marriage ceremony just to better my situation. It became a way of life. And all things he might have the preeminence. Once again, God does not want, neither does his son want to make your life better. He wants to be your life. That's what the new birth is all about. I'm glad to have this life. I want to live this life. And I don't want to do God as the world would do it. Just sprinkle a little God on situations. People say, I think I'll just go to church today, make things a little better. It doesn't work that way. Jesus wants to be your life because of him and through him and to him are all things. Until next week, Fisher Mund saying goodbye.